preaching too. I just hope you get some tonight. Amen. I'll tell you, I'm going to preach a sermon tonight that uh, makes every preacher nervous, I mean, that has to preach it. And I'll tell you what it is. Uh, you know, sometimes you come to church and you have these messages. And now, if you're just a member tonight, you're going to love what I'm going to say. Uh, probably everybody will, I'm sure, on this part. But if, you know, we, we preachers have these sermons, they're like two or three pages long, you know. And we got all this information and we're just, you know, we feel real good about it. And then we have these sermons that are just scribbled down somewhere that uh, don't look like they're worth, you know, anything. And uh, we, we feel like we got to work on them, you know, we got to fix them. And uh, well, that's the one I'm going to preach to you tonight, all right? And uh, I was looking at it. It's just on my heart. I preached it one time somewhere, scribbled it down here on a piece of paper, and uh, uh, preached it somewhere, you know, where it didn't matter, you know what I'm saying. And uh, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. When I looked at all these preachers tonight, and I thought, man, you know, this is, Lord, I need something a little more than this, and that's what's on my heart, you know, and so I, it's going to either be real good or real bad, but it's going to be real either way, okay? It's just not a, y'all going to, it's just not a big sermon, okay? It's not a long sermon at all, and so uh, when you're done, you're done, you know, so maybe if it's short, you'll come back tonight, okay, or tomorrow night, all right? And so if you're able to stand with us, Matthew chapter 15 uh, this is just what's on my heart. I <clears throat> pray the Lord to use it tonight uh, to be a help to us. Matthew chapter number 15, a familiar text. And thank you, preacher, for letting me come. I'm real honored to be here. And I appreciate all the men of God that are here tonight. And thank God for, for preachers. Amen. Thank God for pastors and those of you that take time to be, to be here in this meeting tonight. Matthew chapter number 15 and verse number 22. The Bible says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Now that's not true. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she saith, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do want to thank you tonight for the privilege to be here. Thank you for safe traveling mercies today, for your goodness on us. And we pray now, God, that you'll bless us tonight. We ask you to forgive us our sins, our shortcomings, and our failures. We do pray tonight, God, that you would speak to us and through us. And may you re receive the glory and the honor. I pray tonight dear Lord, that uh, we would see no man save Jesus only, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I know you're familiar with this text, and you're familiar with this story concerning this woman here, but I want you to notice some things about her just by way of introduction, and then we'll give you the thought that the Lord has laid upon her heart. I want you to notice in verse number 22, I want you to see her problem. She comes to Jesus, and the Bible says here that she has a daughter that is grievously vexed with a devil. I mean, this daughter doesn't just have a devil, but she is grievously vexed with a devil. So it's easy to see that this woman has a very serious problem. 
problem. She has a problem that is bigger than what she is and she has a problem that the physicians cannot help her with. The Pharisees cannot help her with and no doubt probably even the disciples could not help her with. And so uh, she has a serious problem and we notice her problem and then we also notice her position in verse 22. Uh, she is a woman of Canaan and, and Jesus even calls her a dog and so uh, she's not in a good position uh, even to be coming to Jesus with this problem here. And so we notice her problem and we notice her position uh, but we also notice in verse 22 her prayer. Uh, she comes to Jesus and she says have mercy on me O Lord uh, thou son of David my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Now this woman prays a serious prayer and she prays a very sincere prayer. Uh, she comes to Christ in spite of her situation in spite of her position amen. Uh, she's still praying even though uh, she's not on good terms. Uh, and so we see her problem and we see her position. We see her prayer and then in verse number 27 we notice her persistence amen. Uh, Jesus doesn't answer her to begin with and when he finally does answer her it's not a good answer amen. Uh, Jesus pretty much tells her to get lost uh, uh, because she's not a Jew amen. Uh, but in spite of what she hears, in spite of what he says, uh, uh, she is persistent uh, to come to him and to keep on praying. Amen. And so we see her persistence and then finally in verse 28, thank God we see her prevail. Amen. Uh, faith always prevails uh, in spite of whatever it is uh, that we're facing. Amen. And so uh, this woman, when you think about her tonight, uh, listen, this is a great story. Amen. Uh, but what got my attention one day when I was reading this story is that it seemed like everything was against her. I mean, when you think about her situation was against her, she couldn't fix her situation. Her problem was bigger than what she was. Uh, her distance was against her. I mean, she was a daughter of Canaan. Uh, uh, she came out of the same coast in verse 21 of Tyre and Sidon. I mean, she's come a long way. Her uh, distance was against her. Her sex was against her. Uh, she was a woman. And in Bible days, uh, women were not esteemed. Uh, and we're not even allowed to approach many times. And so it just seems like everything is against her. I mean, even the disciples were against her in verse 23. The brethren said, you know, Lord, she crieth after us. I mean, doesn't that sound like a bunch of preachers? I mean, it's all about us, you know. Not about Jesus. I mean, as far as I know, she didn't ask them for anything. Amen. But you know, somehow they just kind of made Jesus a sidekick to their ministry, you know. And listen, in reality, it was all about them. Amen. That's a whole other sermon in itself. Amen. But it just seems like everything is against her. And it seems like everyone is against her. The disciples say, send her away. Jesus don't answer her. And then when he does, he gives her a negative answer. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on what to do when everything is against you. What to do when it seems like everything is against you. 
because that's where this woman is at. If anybody in the Bible uh, could have walked away and said, well, I did, I tried. I, I did what I, I knew to do. I tried to do the right thing. I mean, I went to the right person. I went to the right place. I, I had the right prayer. It wasn't selfish. It wasn't even for me. Uh, what I was asking was for someone else, another situation. I mean, if anybody could have just quit and had a reason, it would have been this lady. A lot of people quit, don't they? They said, well, it just seemed like everything was against me. In reality, we know that's not true in most situations. But can I tell you in this situation, I think I'm going to take sides with this woman. Everything is against her. Amen. I mean, when Jesus isn't pulling for you, you're in pretty bad shape. Amen. When Jesus isn't talking to you, you're in bad shape. When the Lord calls you a dog, the situation is pretty bad, wouldn't you say? I'll tell you, here's what's amazing to me. In spite of everything and everyone, she did not let her problem cause her to quit. No matter how bad her daughter was, she would not quit. She did not let people cause her to quit. She didn't care what them preachers said. Amen. She didn't care, listen, what others were saying around her. She's not going to be denied. She's not going to quit. She didn't let the proclamation, even what Jesus said. Isn't that amazing? That even though Jesus is looking her right in the face and telling her, I've not come to you. Listen, I'm sorry, amen. I'm not here for you to help you. But in spite of even what is being said, she's not giving up. And what do you do? What do you do when it seems like everything and everyone is against you? I'll tell you what you do tonight. You do what this lady did. You say, what did she do, preacher? She did the only thing she could do. You know what she did? She just believed. I'm going to tell you tonight. That's what Jesus said in verse 27. She didn't have no great announcement. She didn't have no money. She didn't have no crowd. She didn't have anything to offer him. She didn't have any plea. She didn't have a defense. I'll tell you what she did have. She had faith, amen. And faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. And when everything was working against her and when everybody else was working against her in spite of what was going on, she said, you know what? I am not going to quit believing. I'm not going to quit exercising faith. And she believed in spite of the circumstances. And I'll tell you what I'm amazed tonight in this text is what she believed. I mean, what do you believe, what you believe when everything is against you really defines you tonight? I'll tell you, it's a short sermon. I'm almost done. I'm sorry. Hope you don't cut my paycheck for this. I'll preach twice as long tomorrow. How about, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Y'all ain't coming back. No, listen. I mean, what you believe when everything is against you. You know, that's really when you find out what people believe. I mean, you look at a lot of people that down through the years that have stood tall and they have stood strong and they've made some big, bold statements. I mean, Peter made some bold statements, didn't he? 
I mean, he stood at the forefront and said, Lord, I don't know about the rest of this crowd, but I'm ready to go to prison in the death. And Jesus said, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to say three times, you don't even know who I am. I mean, we're good at making big statements, and we're good at making strong statements. I'll tell you when the rubber meets the road, and when the heat gets turned up, and when there's nobody standing in your corner, and you don't think you have a resource or a friend to turn to, that's really the defining moment as to what we believe. That's where this woman is. You say, what she believe in? Look at verse 22. She believed in mercy. The first thing out of her mouth was mercy. She said, have mercy on me, O Lord. I mean, listen, you can say what you will, but this woman had her theology right. When she went to Jesus, she uh, no doubt had time to consider, how am I going to approach him? I can't approach him on a pedigree. I can't approach him on a lineage. Uh, I, listen, I'm not of his own tribe. Uh, I don't have anything uh, that I can come before him uh, and plead anything. Uh, I'm not, listen, a Pharisee. I'm not a Sadducee. Uh, I don't have anything to really plead my case with but all of a sudden she thought about something and it wasn't as much about her as what it was about him if she knew anything about Jesus she knew one thing she knew that he operated based on mercy amen and she knew that he operated on faith and she took her faith and she put it in the mercy of God and she said that's going to be the grounds that I stand on I'm just going to believe in his mercy. Amen. You see, it wasn't her mercy. And thank God it wasn't the disciples' mercy. But I'm telling you, when she came to Jesus, she came based on one thing, and that was on his mercy. And can I tell you something tonight? His mercy never runs out. His mercy always works. His mercy never disappoints. I'm telling you tonight, there may be a lot of mercy run out in a lot of places, but his mercies are new every morning. His compassions fail not. Thank God we can endure because the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. And tonight, this woman, she believed in mercy. Tonight, I believe in mercy. The Bible said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, sometimes, and I'm, I'm not, I don't got an ax to grind tonight. I think y'all would know that. But sometimes in, in our, and I hate to use the, the, the phrase denomination, because it's in every denomination. But you know, sometimes you can't find a lot of mercy. And I'm not talking about compromise. I'm not talking about backing up on convictions. I'm just talking about, hey, at the end of the day, we all need some mercy, don't we? I'm telling you, take somebody got a child going a, a, a wayward and, and listen, that parent, them parents are doing everything they can. Some preacher out there uh, doing everything he can to stay in the ministry and, and try to keep his children in the right way and, and fight the devil and hold his home together. I'm not saying compromise, but I tell you, he could use a little mercy along the way, couldn't he? Just a little mercy. Somebody do you wrong. Somebody hurts you. Somebody says something about you. You say, well, I tell you, I don't know how to treat them. I tell you how to treat them. Just show them some mercy. Just be merciful. You say, why? Because mercy always works. And she believed in mercy. And I'll tell you something else she believed in. Verse 22, she believed in miracles. Because she said, oh, Lord, 
Thou son of David, notice what she said. She said, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. I mean, she comes to Jesus about the devil, amen? I mean, listen, you got to believe in miracles. Uh, if you believe your daughter's got a devil living in her, uh, most people today have got, uh, that have got young people that are out there living uh, like the devil and got the devil living in them. You try to say something like that to them, and listen, you got a fight on your head uh, because they've got a pill and they've got a diagnosis for everything that somebody does. Uh, and they'll just tell you, they'll say, hey, no, this is what's wrong with them. Uh, and I understand their physical problems. I'm not making fun of that. Let's just be honest. When I, I grew up in a non-Christian home, I, my mom and dad didn't know a, a God and they lived like the devil and they could find somebody meaner than what they were. So, and you know what they'd say? They'd say, man, they're full of the devils, what they are. You don't hear that much anymore, do you? Growing up, my parents, like I said, we, they weren't Christians. But they, if they told me and my brother this once, they said it a thousand times. They said, boy, you do that again, I'm going to beat the devil out of you. I mean, I had no problem believing in God and the devil growing up because I believe I had the devil living in me. Amen. I had no problem getting saved. I wanted the devil out of me. And I knew about wasn't doing the job. And so salvation did. Amen. But I'm just telling you tonight, this woman, she knew if she needed anything, she needed mercy. And then she knew she needed a miracle. And she knew if she didn't get the first one, she wasn't going to get the second one. But she believed that she could obtain mercy. And if she could ever find mercy uh, she believed she would find a miracle and can I tell you tonight when everything's against you what you need to do is look above the circumstances uh, you need to lift your eyes unto the hills uh, from whence cometh your help uh, and you need to believe uh, in the God uh, of miracles tonight amen because the God of yesterday he is still the God of today I thank God for what he did in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s uh, and the 90s. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with looking back, but we can't live there. Uh, the God of then is the God of now. Uh, and I'm telling you, I'm trusting him for some things uh, in 2023. Amen. He said, how's it going to happen? I don't know. And I believe in mercy. And I believe in miracles. And she believed in mercy. And she believed in miracles. And then I'm going to say this. She believed in the master. I'm going to tell you how much she believed in the master. Because when you get to verse 22, look at this. But he answered her, not a word. I mean, she comes on the basis of mercy. She cries out and pleads mercy. She shows her faith by asking for a miracle. If anything ever moved Jesus, it was mercy. If anything ever moved Jesus, it was faith in a miracle. Uh, but Jesus does not even answer this woman. i say something about that in just a little while. Uh, why, I think he did not answer her. Uh, but I want to say this tonight. Uh, uh, Jesus is silent. Uh, have you ever prayed and it just seemed like he was silent? You know, I don't like to be around, and I'm not saying they're not being real. But I don't like to be around them people that act like every prayer they get prayed gets answered just like that. Y'all know anybody like that? I just, don't, I just can't stand to be around them. 
It don't encourage me, it discourages me. Now y'all can hide your halo and tuck your wings in. You probably, maybe some of y'all are like that. Maybe you pray and it gets answered right then. But can I tell you, some of my, most of my prayers, they don't get answered right, Johnny, on the spot, amen? Sometimes I pray and, and listen, it takes a long time. Sometimes he'll answer one quickly, but it's few and far between like that. And then sometimes I never know if he answered one. Can I just be honest with you? There's some things I don't know the outcome until I get to the other side. I mean, let's just be honest. Sometimes God is just silent. He don't always respond immediately. And he didn't respond immediately. And if you read on in verse 24, when he gets through talking in verse 24, it almost would be like she would have wished he'd have never said nothing. Because when he finally answers her, here's what he says. I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I mean, that's not encouraging, is it? Amidst the disciples saying, send her away. She's waiting for some form of a defense. She's waiting for Jesus to step up and do what Jesus does and, and rebuke one of them and stand on her behalf. But instead of doing that, he first is silent. And amidst all of them, what they're saying, he finally speaks and he said, I'm not sent to you. <laughs> but she still believed in the master. No matter his silence, and no matter what he said, she still believed it. Even after what he said, she still believed. He said, how do you know that? Because what he said did not drive her away from him, but it drove her closer to him. Even when he did not speak, and when he finally spoke, he said something that was repulsive to her own flesh. I'll tell you what, most people would have said, well, I'd have walked away and said, I tried God and failed. Not this woman. She said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. That just drove her closer. The Bible says in verse 25, then, after he makes this statement, then came she and worshipped him saying Lord help me I'm telling you when Jesus made this statement you'd have thought this woman would have stormed out mad but instead she took two steps closer and clung to him and said Lord I'm going to worship you in spite of what you said even if it's not what I want to hear even if you don't want me near I'm still going to worship you why would she do that? I mean, why in the world, Brother Chris, would she do that? I'm going to tell you why. Because she believed in him. And her faith was not going to be moved by her not getting what she wanted. She believed in Jesus, whether he did what she wanted him to do or not. He was who he said he was regardless of her situation. I'm telling you too many times we, we base our faith in who God is based on what God is doing, but not this woman. The reason her faith is so great is because no matter the outcome, she's still going to pray. She's still going to worship. Her faith is not going to be shaken. He can say whatever he will. He can do whatever he wants. He'll still be God. He'll still be in charge. And guess what? He'll still be worth worshiping. Amen. Man, that no matter what is said, he's worth worshiping. Amen. 
And I see, she just believed. You see, when you believe in somebody, it's not based on you. It's not based on your situation. It's based on them. And it's not based on their performance. It's based on who they are. And tonight, she believed in the Master. And then, she believed in morsels. Because even after all this worshiping, in verse 25... Even after a second prayer, a simple prayer, Lord, help me, Jesus answers this woman again. He said, it is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. I mean, Jesus takes it a step further now. He's treated her with silence. He has told her, I'm not come to you. And she has just clung more to him and worshiped him and now... I mean, if anything would have cut this woman to the heart, he says, you're just a dog. And I can't take from the children and give you, give a dog crumbs or give you, give you uh, bread. I mean, this woman, in every way, if anybody could have ever been insulted, it would have been this woman. But her faith, when you got down to absolutely nothing else, Jesus has now said everything that could be said to this woman. And he says to her, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. You would think now she would walk away and said, well, it's all over with. I'm, he's just called me a dog. But you know what? She still believed. When everything was against her, faith always looks for something when nothing is there. And when Jesus called her a dog and said something about bread, she said, wait a minute. Faith said, Lord, what you said is true. I mean, she has agreed with God against herself. Amen. She's now took sides with God. She's worshipped Him. She's came to Him. She's worshipped Him. And now she's in total agreement with Him. She said, Lord, you can't tell nothing but the truth. I, I tell you, I like this woman. I'd like to pastor a woman like this, wouldn't you? I, I'm telling you, you can't hurt her feelings. I, I mean, if Jesus can't run her off, I, I don't think the Baptist could run her off. I, I'm telling you, listen, he, she comes to Him and she said, Lord, what you said is true. She said, but dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. You see, this woman, she believed in morsels. Tonight, she believed that her problem, her trouble, was nothing more than a crumb at the bottom of the master's table. And she said, Lord, I may be a dog, but if I can just be a dog under your table, and if you'll just push me a crumb, that crumb will suffice me. My problem may look big to me, and everything may be against me, but God, what I'm asking you to do, it just, it's just a little old crumb. I'm gonna tell you, she believed in morsels. She believed that her God was so big 
that in spite of her problem, you see, tonight we look at our problem oftentimes and it's all we can see. We see how big that problem is. We, it overwhelms us. It overtakes us. It wakes us up in the morning. It follows us throughout the day. It goes, it keeps us up in the middle of the night. It torments us. We can't get loose of it. You know why? Because you're just looking at the problem. I'll tell you, if you'll just look over the problem and if you'll look at the morsels that's falling from the master's table, I'll tell you if you'll see how big the master is uh, you'll find out uh, that your problem is nothing more than a morsel in his eyes amen it's just a crumb tonight for God to do this for her was absolutely nothing and she believed in that tonight do you believe in the crumbs that fall from his table I want to say tonight this woman believed in morsels and then finally notice this she believed in much just very simple. He said, what do you mean she believed in much? Well, when you get to verse 28, this is what Jesus says about her. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, he gives her a final answer, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. Now I'm going to tell you something. Jesus knows the amount of faith that's in every one of us. And when he saw this woman coming, I'm going to tell you what he saw. He didn't see a sinner, and he didn't see a Syrophoenician woman. I'm going to tell you who he saw, or what he saw. He saw faith coming down the road. And Jesus said, it'll be a good illustration for these preachers. It'll be a good sermon for faith. And this woman, I, I'm going to... I'm going to play this role out with this woman here because I already see her faith and I already know that it doesn't matter what I say to her. In fact, it doesn't matter if I don't even speak to her. He already knows what they're going to say. And he said it doesn't matter what they say to her. Faiths are coming down the road and faith is not going to be denied. Everything can be against her. But that's what faith does. It rises above the occasion. It rises above the circumstances of faith looks everything else in the eye and say when everything else says you can't God says you can amen and so Jesus just goes through this whole situation I think he did it for to help strengthen her faith I think he did it to help testify of her faith and then I think he did it to help encourage our faith because we can't read this story tonight and not be encouraged because we've all been there, haven't we? We've all felt like everything was against us one time or another. Hey, let's be honest. We've all felt like everyone was against us. I don't think you've ever been against me a day in my life. And I've never been against you a day. And neither any of you other preachers. But you know how it is. When problems get so overwhelming in your life, you, you just can't help but feel like, man, nobody knows where I'm at. Nobody knows what I'm at. I, I tell you, the first church I pastored, when I left that church, I'd been there three years. Me and my wife left that church. There was a period of time, about a year period. I mean, and this was not true, but it's, it's exactly how I felt. I felt like absolutely nothing. And I am nothing tonight. But have you ever just felt like you were no good? Have you ever just felt like nobody wanted anything to do with you? 
anymore. You felt like you were just a total failure. I stayed there three years and they tormented me and I tormented them. We had a, a good unity is what you could say. <laughs> and we drove each other's nuts for three years. I was glad to say goodbye and they were glad, they was glad to hear it. Amen. And I remember pulling out of the parking lot and I told my wife, I said, I don't ever want to pastor a church again. And I meant every word of that. I said, I want to live for God, but I don't want to pastor. And I went through that time. You know, when you're pastoring, uh, you have friends. I mean, is this true tonight? Preachers call you when you pastor. Preachers like you, you know, when you pastor. But sometimes when you're not a pastor, they don't know your number anymore. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? You're not a pastor. You probably could testify to that. I mean, you're an evangelist. You start walking in a room, and I mean, preachers start running like roaches in a motel. And he's got a briefcase. I don't know, but that makes us more nervous. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, brother. But you know, you'll feel like sometimes everybody's against you. Jeremiah felt that way, didn't he? He said, I'm done. I'm not going to speak his name no more. He didn't think. He said, everyone mocketh me. Everyone? Do you think everybody was really making fun of Jeremiah? I don't think so. But I believe Jeremiah believed that. That's what will happen sometimes when you feel like everything's against you. You'll feel like everyone's against you. But in spite of that, there's always one. He'd never be against you. They was one on her side even when it looked like he wasn't on her side. They was one working in her life when it looked like he wasn't working. You say, I wonder why I prayed to God and he hasn't answered. Maybe he's doing in your life what he was doing in her life. He didn't answer her at first because he was just strengthening that faith. And he was encouraging ours. Tonight as we stand, I want to ask you this question tonight and say, get us a song ready. You don't have to come to the altar, but if God speaks to you, you ought to come. Maybe you're here tonight, our heads are about, eyes are closed. And you might feel like that's you tonight. A sermon could be just...